Blog Talk Radio. Also, 
I would like to say a huge hello, hello, hello to my church family, True Believers Tabernacle Church, where I send your pastor and pastor Otis Logan. If you're ever in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, feel free to come and worship with us. We are at 4204 Cardinal Drive, Dallas, Texas, 75216. Once again, I want to thank each and everyone who are tuning in, and thank you, thank you, thank you for your continued prayers and support. Now, question, has anyone ever been hurt or has anyone has ever hurt you, done something evil towards you or towards someone that you love? See, it seems like the more you think about it, the more upset you become. That's when unforgiveness could come in and consume your heart and mind. Those are the times when you really have to talk to God to help you deal with how you feel. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about letting go of unforgiveness. We're going to talk about that and also the benefits as well as the consequences of holding on to unforgiveness. We're going to talk about many things in the episode called Moving from Hate to Healing. Letting go of unforgiveness. You know, when I was thinking about this episode, this episode, I think it can, it reaches or touches many of us. If we be real, and I want to tell people, it doesn't matter how long you've been in church, how saved or just because you are saved, just because you are a Christian, that does not mean that the devil will not set an opportunity for you to be able to experience some type of hurt. And of course, with some type of hurt, it could be even pertaining to something pertaining to some type of conflict. The devil going to try his best to set an opportunity for you to be angry, but most importantly, allowing that anger to lead to hatred, which will ultimately ultimately become unforgiveness. Um, one of the things I always tell people, when when you have hatred, hatred has, hatred is actually unforgiveness set, excuse me, anger set. Anger set set in your spirit long enough where it pollutes or it it uh, ferments and creates hate. We know the Bible does tell us be angry but sin not. We have to think about a hot potato. If you're holding on to a hot potato in your hand, immediately when you have it in your hand, you release it. You let it go. When you hold on to that hot potato, the hot potato will burn your skin, burn your hand. And if you think about it with unforgiveness, if you hold on to it, it will destroy you. It would destroy everything pertaining to you, not just the mental aspect, not just the emotional aspect, but ultimately even the physical aspect. So first, let's look at what is unforgiveness? 
first of all, with forgiveness, forgiveness meaning letting go, uh, releasing, if you want to say releasing the anger, releasing the revenge or the retaliation, releasing that and giving it over to God. Now, with forgiveness, we have to learn how to forgive. We have to understand what forgiveness is. And so when we look at what forgiveness is, ultimately, unforgiveness is the opposite of forgiveness. So with forgiveness, letting go of the slate, cleaning the slate. With forgiveness, which means cleaning the slate, uh, wiping wiping the debt. With unforgiveness, that means holding on to the debt. And of course, with unforgiveness, it's easy for us to be able to hold on to it and think about it. And like I said, the more you think about it, the angrier you become. And what happens when you hold on to it, you begin to start plotting and planning, not just for revenge, but ultimately you allowing that individual to control or consume your life. See, when you watch people, let's be real. Let's look at for those who might have been hurt in a relationship. It could be, hey, they're going through a divorce. They're going through a divorce or going through a breakup. They hold on to that anger. They hold on to that hurt. And what happens, they end up trying to live their life to outdo the person that hurt them. And not only to outdo the person who hurt them, but a lot of times they'll compare themselves not only to the person that hurt them, but also to the person that they're with. You know, you've, uh, if you've seen people who may have gone through, like I said, a breakup, divorce, or whatever, when you really listen to them, if they have not released that unforgiveness or released that hurt, now I will say this, just because someone is hurt does not mean that they have some type of unforgiveness. I want to be clear with that. But what I'm saying is when you hold on to it, ultimately it will produce unforgiveness. It will produce anger that will lead to hatred. Now, when holding to that excuse me, when holding on to that hurt, a lot of times when they hold on to it, and like I said, they'll end up trying to navigate their life looking at that person who hurt them. Hmm. And then all of a sudden it's like they begin to see that person with someone else and they're comparing themselves. Well, I look better than her or I look better than him. Or for them to be able to look at, hmm, well, that person cheated on me and now he want to act all faithful and go to church and all that stuff. See, even though that person had went on with their life, when we hold on to unforgiveness, it keeps us prisoner to allow that person to control us. And a lot of times they don't even know it. A lot of times they have gone on with their life, but we have what held on to our life. 
We have allowed our life to be on hold. We have allowed our life to be on pause because we refuse to release that hurt, not just the individual, but that hurt. We we refuse to release that hurt from us to him, to God. Now, not only refusing to let it go or give it to God, but sometimes we don't know how to give it to God. What do I mean? See, our understanding of unforgiveness, excuse me, our understanding of forgiveness, it has been distorted. It has been wrong. What do I mean? A lot of times we think when we forgive someone, we automatically have to trust them. And the answer is no. When you forgive someone, that does not mean that you automatically give them the level of trust of what they had. So when you forgive someone, the main thing you have to do is understand that forgiveness is not just for them, but ultimately it's for you. The main thing you have to remember being able to forgive someone for your benefit. Now, understand that we often hear, you know, we have to forgive. The Bible tells us to forgive. And if you don't forgive, then there's no forgiveness for you. Sorry about that. That is true. When you don't forgive, when you don't forgive others of their sins, or their wrongdoing, then ultimately there is no forgiveness for us from God. Okay, that's that's established. We should know that. But a lot of time when we just stop there, it makes a person feel for those who may not be a believer or those who may be weak as a believer. It makes them feel that being saved is hard. Being a Christian is hard. I would say, number one, it is not hard. It's easier than you think. But along with the benefit of forgiveness for us to be able to forgive others so we can be forgiven by God, that's good. But also the benefit of it pertaining to helping us even in this life, we have to understand when we forgive, when we forgive others, like I said, ultimately it's to help us. It's to help us for us not to allow that person or the act of what they did to consume our life, to control our life, to control our actions, our mindset. Anytime you allow someone or anytime that you allow yourself to hold on to unforgiveness, you allowing that person or that act or what they did, if not both, to control your life. In other words, you're allowing it to define your life. There's so many people that are living amongst us right now. Even though what they have experienced may be very hard, it may be 
very difficult, but they are allowing that to become their identity, and they're not living beyond what happened. They're not living beyond the individual that have hurt them or used them or did some type of evil act towards them. We have to understand unforgiveness will damage every aspect of your life, the mental, the physical, the emotional, but most importantly, the spiritual. See, unforgiveness is a spirit. And guess what? Not just unforgiveness is a spirit, but if unforgiveness is a spirit, that means forgiveness is a spirit too. Ultimately, the devil does not want you to live beyond what you dealt with. The devil does not want you to live beyond or be healed from what hurt you. Get this. Or who hurt you? The devil does not want you to be defined by anything other than what happened to you, who hurt you. Oh, that's that's uh Jack's old lady, the one that she the one he cheated on. Oh, you know what? You know that chick I told you about, uh, uh, Lisa, Lisa. No, 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 not Lisa Brown, but Lisa, the one that got the uh, uh, pregnant fourteen-year-old. See, the things that happen to us, we can allow it to define us or not. And like we always say, it's not, it's not what happened to you that defines you, but it's how you respond to it. I apologize. I felt like I had some hair in my eye, but that devil's a lie. We're going to go forward anyway. See, we have to understand with anything that happens in our life, the devil trying to use it as an opportunity to make us miss us being the men or the women that God want us to be or want us to become. So with Unforgiveness, unforgiveness is hate that set in. And any time you hold on to unforgiveness, you're refusing the help that God is trying to provide for you. One thing we always say, God can't put anything in your hand when you're refusing to let go of what's in your hand. So God wants us to be able to forgive. But like I said, understanding what forgiveness is and what forgiveness looks like. And like I mentioned earlier, just because you forgive someone does not mean that they have the license to come in and control or manipulate our life. One of the things I have to tell you, with forgiveness, like I said, it benefits you. You accepting forgiveness, that does not mean that you like what they did. No, you can still hate what they did. But understanding that forgiveness is allowing them to not control your life, but also for you to be able to get help from God. 
There are some things that we experience in our life could be very heartbreaking, very damaging. And we're not minimizing what happened to you or what happened in your life. No, it could be something tragedy. But understand, even though that person, we have to forgive. But like I said, that does not mean that we even have to fellowship with them. See, there are times where you can forgive someone and you still have to deal with them. Somebody do you wrong at work. You may still have to work around them or whatever. But there are other things that may happen where it's okay to be away from them. Sometimes you have to allow legal actions to be implemented so that way you can stay away from them. But even though they may have done that, even though people say, well, you know, the Bible says forgive and forget. No, 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 no. You have to use wisdom. You think, I'm going to tell you like this. You think about someone that you know did something to you, did some type of act towards you, some type of sexual advancement. Okay? You forgive them. But does that mean that you allow them to babysit your child? No. We have to use wisdom, practically common sense. It seems like sometimes when we have given our life to God, sometimes we sometimes we encounter people that try to think that we're gullible. They try to think that, you know what, that person is naive. Listen, believers are wise. Believers, Christians are wise. We're not dumb. We're not airheads. We're supposed to be listening to God. We're supposed to seek God counsel about everything. But also, one thing we always tell people, meek does not mean weak. Just because I'm meek does not mean that I'm weak. They sound alike, they rhyme, but it's two different meanings. Meek means strength under control, self-discipline. So when people try to tell you, well, you know, the Bible says forgive and forget, or you know, you know, you 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 forgave them, so you you gotta continue to deal with them. No, you don't. You can forgive a person, you can even love them, and still love them from a distance. There are some people right now that they are dealing with people who have hurt them, and. They've forgiven them. That's fine and dandy. But you've given them access to hurt you again. Why is that? Because even though you have forgiven them, their behavior has not changed. Get this. Even though, even though you forgive them, that does not mean that they have to change. Even if they never change. Get this, even if they never change, you still forgive them. Like I said, you forgiving them is not for their benefit. It's for your benefit. It's for you. So independent from who they are, how they act, being able to forgive, being able to allow God to help you in that situation. When you give that hurt, when you give that over to God, 
you're allowing God to come in, and that's when healing begins. Healing begins when unforgiveness ends. I'm going to share something with you. There are, well, before I share it, I'll tell you this. There are so many people that have been in a relationship, and when they've gotten into a relationship, someone did something wrong or cheated or whatever. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. I'm asking for forgiveness. Okay. Okay, I forgive you. Does that mean that you have to accept them back? No. The reason why I said that is because you, some people, they have to understand, even though I forgive you, that does not mean that I give you or put you in the same position that you are in, that you were in. No. We got to understand, forgiveness is one thing. But trust is another. See, you see, forgiveness is free, but trust must be earned. People have to earn your trust. Your your trust is not for free. That's what hurts a lot of us. People think because I for, you forgive me that you trust me. No, 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 no. See. Forgiveness is up to me, but trust is up to you. What do I mean? If you don't earn my trust, you don't qualify. We have to understand that trust must be what? Earned. Trust must be earned, not given. So when you when you deal with someone, or when you have dealt with someone, or even if you overhear a conversation, somebody may come to you and talk to you, you have to understand that trust is earned, not for free. One of the things that I found out, I tell people what mess up a lot of people are those who have even been hurt in the past. You've heard people say, well, you know, they got to earn my respect. They got to earn my respect. And that is a lie. See, respect is free. You respect people. That doesn't mean that you trust them, but you still respect them. We have to give honor what honor is due. We got to give respect where respect is due. And everyone is deserving of respect. But get this, you giving off respect, that's for free. That's not going to hurt you. It's like common courtesy. Listen, just because you finna walk through a door, you will hold the door for the person behind you. Well, you, hopefully, she'll hold the door for the person that's coming behind you. Okay? That's common courtesy. But even if they don't say thank you, that does not remove you for the responsibility of opening up a door again. Listen, even when people don't say thank you, Hey, that's not on. That's not on you. That's on them. Why are we allowing our actions to change because of the misbehavior of others? In other words, be true to yourself. We heard, I believe it was Shakespeare that said, "To thy own self, be true. Be real with who you are, independent from anybody else. 
regardless of what their attitude is. You know what? What if that person didn't say thank you because they preoccupied? What if something happened and it just got them all focused? So you never know what a person may be going through. But even that might be somebody that just be a redneck, maybe predators, may not like people. Matter of fact, I've had a couple of times I held the door for a young lady. And she said, I don't need no male holding the door for me. I said, okay. I wasn't going to argue with that person because that might have been an opportunity that the devil was trying to use to get me riled up or for me to be off course. Where my assignment was not to argue with her. My purpose and assignment was to move on. And that's what we have to learn how to do. Being able to move on. But I have to bring this up because um, this is something that is personal. I can't go into a whole lot of details because the case is pending. But I'm just going to tell you from myself. When my sister was killed, one of the things I, I made sure I had to do right then and there to forgive that boy that killed her. Does that mean that I like what he did? No. But that forgiveness was not for him. That forgiveness was for me. And the reason why I said that was because immediately God began to tell me that there was a distraction that the devil tried to do to allow unforgiveness to come into me to taint the vessel for listen, for the devil to taint me or my spirit so that way God cannot be effective in my life. Not only when it happened, I said, I forgive him. I forgive him. Even though I went to the bond hearing and I saw him, I looked right at him and I'm saying to myself, I refuse to allow you to control my life. Now, I want to share this with you. That happened. Does that mean because I forgave him that, well, you know, I want him to get out of jail or I don't want him to deal, I don't want to have him to be sentenced. No, 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 no. Not only do I forgive him, but also I'm praying and I'm talking to the uh, attorneys or whatever. I'm praying for them so that way he can get the full consequences of his actions. Because you forgive someone does not remove the consequences that they must endure. So in other words, people may have hurt you. Does that mean that you like it? Does it mean you give them permission? The answer is no. But just because you forgive them, they still got to deal with the consequence of the actions. But what happened, we have to make sure that that unforgiveness is out of our spirit. Like I said, the devil, excuse me, God was showing me that the devil wanted to use that distraction to make me miss me becoming the man that God called for me to be, but also to contaminate my spirit, my mind, my actions. So that way, when I minister to people, 
There is a seed of hatred, of unforgiveness. So that way when I minister to someone, that spirit spreads. But also the other thing I have to share with you, the other thing that God told me, I've preached, I've ministered, I've prayed, I've counseled many people throughout the years. I've told them what they need to do through God. I told them what they need to do. I told them what God can do. I told them what they need to do concerning the things that may be going on in their life through scripture. But what God told me was, I told many people, now I have to show them what to do. No longer I only tell them what they need to do. But now I'm in a position where I have to show them what they have to do. In other words, just like what I tell people, I have to make sure that they're able to see it in my own life. And that will caught my attention because it's easy for us to tell people, oh, what God can do. God can do this. God can do that. But when it comes to you going through what you preach to others about, we have to be consistent and let people know. Like I said, not just by our words, but by our actions. The same God that I believe that can do it for that person over there, I have to believe that that same God that did it for them will do it for me. And like the Hebrew boys, even if he does not, we know he still can. He's able to come to our rescue. But even in the midst of what we deal with, there's a purpose. There's a plan. Regardless of what the devil may try to do, even what the devil may do for evil, God can turn it, not only for our good, but God can turn it as a lesson for us about who he is, but also to help others, whatever we deal with in our life is actually part of something that will help us pertaining to our purpose. Get this. Whatever you deal with in your life, especially those things that you may not have nothing to do with, listen, even those things that may have came in your life, even those things that may have came that might have been painful, might have been hurtful. Don't thank God for your problem. I hear people all the time, well, you know, I thank God for my problem. I, I, look, I don't thank God for my problem. I thank God for what he taught me through my problem. Because you can have a problem in your life. If you don't understand the revelation, if you don't understand behind the scene what God may be trying to tell you, guess what? You'll end up going through it again. One thing we always tell people is if you don't pass the test, you got to take it over again. And sometimes the retaste come at the most inconvenient time in your life. So it's best to be able to pass the test the first time. That way you don't have to take it at another time later on in your life. In other words, you won't have to revisit that same thing. So when the things that happen in your life, when you begin to talk to God in the midst of whatever you may be dealing with, even in the midst of what people have done towards you or done to you, 
Ask God, are you teaching me something? Are you trying to teach me something in this situation? You know, I went through a situation, and God told me it had to happen to me. And I'm saying, it had to happen to me? Why? Well, it had to happen to me because by it happening to me, if it happened to somebody else, they would have been in jail. If it had happened to the other person, that person probably would have beat up that person badly. But it had to happen to me because I was going to pray for that person. And then as God began to talk to me, you know what he told me? He said, I'm broadening your audience for ministry. Now, I'm using myself as an example because the same God that may have spoken to me, but the same God that spoke to me, he may be trying to speak to you. See, it's hard for us to listen to God when we're allowing unforgiveness to stop our ears, to stop our heart, to stop our spirit, to clog up our spirit. So that way we, we can't hear from God. So when you hold on to unforgiveness, you end up causing yourself much damage. Like I said, not just the emotional, not just the financial, not just the mental, but the spiritual and the physical. I heard a minister, so happened a minister was speaking about um unforgiveness today and what happened unforgiveness when it sets in our spirit it can affect our whole body it can cause hypertension see a lot of time when they hold on to unforgiveness hold on to grudges hold on to hatred hold on to anger what happened it causes a person to not sleep well at night. It causes the person to end up being so stressed they end up having to take medicine. Now, I mentioned even the physical aspect. You think about it. So many people, they're holding on to unforgiveness, holding on to hatred, and they're trying to substitute it, trying to substitute the, the symptoms with drinking, with smoking, with pornography, sex, something. We have to be able to give it to God. In other words, release it. Like I said, we ha- listen, just because you say you forgive a person, don't think that the devil going to try to revisit, make you think about it again. And I want to tell you, just in case it may come back to your mind, don't feel like, well, you know, maybe I didn't forgive them. Listen, the devil going to always try to bring it up again. It's just like dating somebody or you dated somebody and an old boyfriend try to come back. You know he don't mean you no good. You know he ain't changed. You know he the same knucklehead, but he using the same verbiage, the same slick walk and talk. That's the same way how the devil is. The devil, you may defeat the devil and the devil may leave, but he's going to come back. Listen, 
just because he comes back, that doesn't mean, oh, my gosh, well, maybe I didn't forgive him. Listen, being able to wish a person well, even if you don't deal with them anymore, we have to understand that that forget. I, I'm going to continue to say this. Forgiveness is for you. Regardless if that person, you feel like that person deserve it, you deserve it. Regardless if that person still act the fool, it's for you. But like I said, you forgiving them does not mean that they are allowed in your heart. If you have had someone in your heart and they have misused your trust, if they have abused your trust, you can forgive them and still refuse to allow them back into your heart. You have to understand your heart should be and supposed to be protected. But get this, anytime someone may try to tell you, well, you know, uh, uh, you're supposed to, you know, I, you said you said you forgive me, and, you know, you, you're supposed to trust me. Uh-uh. Uh Listen, when you become hurt, we have to be very careful because, number one, we're vulnerable. And a lot of times when we're vulnerable, a lot of times that's when people try to play or manipulate with our emotions. You cannot allow people to play with your emotions, especially when you're vulnerable. When you're vulnerable, you have to be able to allow someone that is spiritually responsible and mentally and emotionally responsible. That's the time that you can actually have a, they call it a, a mental accountability partner. Get an accountability partner where, you know what? I need to find out, you know, somebody that's going to hold you accountable. I need to find out if it's something that I need to do or should do. Because a lot of times the devil going to try to play with your mind to make you be in a position to allow yourself to be hurt again. And then what happens? You end up becoming someone that you hate. See, when you hold on to unforgiveness, and like I said, when you hold on to unforgiveness and when you hold on to that hatred, then what happened is who you hate is who you become. You know, so many people, let's be real, is so many people who have an issue with their own father. So many people have an issue, they hate their father because of how their father uh, uh, treated them or treated the family, treated the mother. But what happened when you hold on to that, you might have hated that father. They, you might have hated him. But guess what? As you become older, you somebody may point it out to you that you are a mere replica of your father. Like I said, that's a spirit. We deal with a spiritual thing, not a natural thing. And like I said, spirits are real. The devil going to try to entice you to become someone that you're not. Listen, God did not create you to hold on to anger, hold on to hatred. No. God did not 
created you for you to hold on to junk. We supposed to be we supposed to pass it on. Pass it on to him. Allow him to come in to help us. And like I said, sometimes you have to continuously remind yourself, talk to yourself. I for, I forgive that person. I, I refuse to hold on to hate. I refuse to hold on to hurt. I refuse to hold on to it. Cause like I said, you will allow that to become your identity. How many people that you know? Matter of fact, good example. We used to say, man, there's a lot of bitter women in church. This is back, I'm old school, back in the 70s, 80s. That old lady, that'd be at the church, that'd be so mean. Okay? Yeah, she might be in church. Hey. But you have to understand, when you really listen to her, it's like she has built a wall. She won't allow anybody to get close to her. Why? Because she have experienced some type of hurt where she've allowed, excuse me, she have been hurt by someone or somebody have broken her trust. And so now what happens? She ain't going to trust nobody. She's not going to allow anybody to get close right here. Now, the responsibility that she has is to start monitoring, first of all, to forgive. Forgive the person who may have hurt them or may have uh, broken their trust. But also with the biblical responsibility of monitoring or guarding people to see if they qualified to be in your circle or even in your time. We have to be spiritually responsible for the people that we interact with. We We have to stop calling people or giving people names and titles when they have not earned it. Oh, but this, you know, I know we're not going to be, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to uh, continue this relationship with you. We're going to break up. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't want us to be boyfriend and girlfriend anymore. Let's just be friends. Let's just be friends. You know, uh, you did me wrong. You did me dirty. You cheated on me. But let's just be friends. No. Listen, if you can't trust them with your heart, why would you trust them within your friendship? For them to contaminate your friendship or your ship that your other friends should be on. What if they try to sabotage? See, when you don't trust a person, they shouldn't have access to your heart. When a person has misused or abused your trust, they must be on probation or some type of disciplinary action that may be pertaining to them being exiled from your heart. And even if, and like I said, this is not just pertaining to a relationship. People just think, oh, this is about dating, which it could be dating or marriage or whatever, but also even within family. If you have family members that you know that ain't no good, you can you can respect them. That's, you can speak to them. You can be cordial, but you don't allow them into your heart. If you know that they're a thief, it would be foolish for you to for you to give them a key to your house and for them to be able to go at any time. 
No. Listen, if you don't trust him with your heart, why would you trust him with your house? <laughs> we got to think about it. See, like I said, we do some of the most unorthodox things because we're trying to prove our Christianity to people. We're trying to prove that we're saver than what they think or that we are as saved as what people say that we are. You can dance, you can shout, you can be a ch- Listen, I can be behind a pulpit and preach, but if I don't trust somebody, if they ask me, I'll tell them, no, no, no. I don't, I don't trust you. <laughs> and I have the right. Listen, you have the right to protect what belongs to you. God wants you to be a good steward. And we often think about money or possession, but also that pertains to your heart too. Your mind. You have to be a good, responsible steward. The Bible tells us, one of the, I always say this on the podcast, it, Anytime I preach, the Bible tells us to lay hands suddenly on no man, which means don't give your approval to the people who have not earned it. Now, even though you may have forgiven them, you forgave them for your benefit, but you can still love them or respect them from afar. Just because I forgive you does not mean that we should have fellowship. Forgiveness does not equal or does not result in fellowship. I can forgive you and allow that forgiveness be the ending act of our communication. Now like I said, that does not mean when I if I see them or if I pa- if I pass by them, mm. Mm. Now, that means you got some issues that you have not given to God. Now, if you like that, then you may not have forgiven them. But one of the things I found out, a person's true identity, they can't hide. Who a person really is, they cannot hide within their spirit. They cannot have what's really in their spirit. I want to say it like this. Have you been talking to someone? Have you ever spoken to someone and someone that they can't stand walk right past them or within eye contact of them? They could be in a mid conversation with you all of a sudden. Yeah, girl, I just uh. see. I don't care how you try to hide it or suppress it. Who you are or what's really in you, when the opportunity comes, it's gonna come out. So, just in case. There may be some people that you still have a, you still have that. Then go to God. Talk to him about it. Let him know how you feel. Because like I said, he want to know how you feel. Tell him. Tell God how you feel. Because this that we're dealing with, that hurt, sometimes the hurt could be so deep. Sometimes what has transpired may be so deep that you may have to even get counseling. I'm a minister. Is anything wrong with counseling? No, it's not. There are professional, Christian professional counselors that are available for us. So we have to understand that that forgiveness, sometimes 
sometimes you have to have that professional help to get the adequate help that is provided for you through Christ. So someone who may have dealt with something, someone who may be uh, in a period of, you know, I just can't shake what they did to me. Don't you know God want to know about it? God want to hear about it. And don't feel bad. Don't feel less than a Christian because you may have dealt with something that might have been so horrific and you may have a hard time forgiving that person. You have to understand that God wants to help you. But also, for us to understand what forgiveness is, what forgiveness really is, and what forgiveness ain't. Forgiveness does not mean that you set yourself up to be hurt again. Forgiveness does not mean that you allow a person to walk all over you. Forgiveness does not mean that you don't set boundaries. You set healthy boundaries. You said healthy, but I'm going to say that again. You set boundaries for people to respect you. You are due respect. But if they don't respect you, that's not on you. That's on them. We have to allow God to help us in these situations. I see there's someone on the line right now. I'm going to set the opportunity for them to come on the podcast. Hello. Welcome to Rigging in My Heart Podcast. You're on the air. How are you doing today? Hello. Hello. How are you doing today? Okay. No one said anything, so I'm going to... I'm going to take that silence as if they just want to listen to the show. But like I said, we have to understand that forgiveness is for all of us. Not only for us to receive forgiveness, but also to give forgiveness. And like I said, that forgiveness is for your benefit. You know, Imagine this jug of water right here. Imagine if I put some bleach or even some gasoline in here. I put gasoline in here, and they continue to add water. And listen, it could be half water, half gasoline. But every time I pour it out to people for them to drink it, not only are they getting water, but they're getting contaminated water. They're getting water mixed with gasoline. That water is the purity of our heart. But that gasoline is unforgiveness. Anytime, even within ministry, anytime we hold it on to unforgiveness, anytime we hold it on to it, you know what are we doing? You know what we're doing? We're contaminating other people because when we're giving the word of God, when we're ministering, we have to make sure that we are 
pure and clean and upright before God. Is so many people, even like I say, even within ministry, is so many people who have the a ministry that is laced with hatred or unforgiveness. Why do I say that? There, there, I ain't gonna say all, cause I want to make sure I speak on both sides. There are some women's conferences that should be there to help and educate and edify the women. But a lot, now I ain't gonna say all, but there are some that have allowed bitter women or unhealed women to speak, and instead of ministering and encouraging and helping the women who may be hurt. They're a man bashing. They're a man bashing, and you can tell, you can tell when someone is still dealing with an issue or have not released over to God. You know what happened? You don't. You, you feel an uneasiness. Listen, instead of you receiving the peace of God, you ready to fight somebody after you have encountered that person that's supposed to be ministering to you. So. That's on one side. And then on the other side, there's a lot of men. Instead of them ministering and helping another man that may have been gone through may have gone through a similar situation, whatever. What are they doing? They women bashing. It's like them sitting at the barbershop. They dogging women. They say, Well, you know what? I don't trust no women. I don't trust them. That's why I, you know, I ain't gonna never get married. Wait a minute. See, you're allowing that hatred or that bitterness to now control or manipulate your life, manipulate your thinking. So what we have to realize, that unforgiveness, like I said, it would even tarnish your ministry. One of the things we always tell people, holding on to unforgiveness is like drinking gasoline and expecting the other person to die. We have to understand that that forgiveness is for not just them, but it's for you. And sometimes when we tell a person that we forgive them in spite of what they did, it may even bring repentance. But even if it does not bring repentance, even if they don't change, even if a person want to act a fool, Hey, that's on them. So what? Be free to forgive. And like I said, that keeps your spirit clean, clear. And also what happened is set the opportunity for God to trust you more. It set the opportunity for God to use you because you're you're letting God know that, you know what, I'm available to you. And when we see that time for us to forgive, we got to understand that the devil does not want us to do that. The devil going to try to bring every excuse to hold on to that unforgiveness, to hold on to that hatred. You saying that you're going to forgive them? Oh, you know, you're a fool. They're going to think you're a fool. Well, they can think you're a fool for all you want, but you want to be able to sleep well at night. You want to be able to sleep at peace and most importantly have the peace of God over and in your life. But like I said, even if they never ask for forgiveness, so what? 
give it to them anyway. You don't even have to tell them. I'm going to say it like this. But depending upon the maturity of a person, there are some people you can't even tell them. Matter of fact, you might have a restraining order against somebody, and God may tell you, you know what, forgive them. That does not mean that you go over there to their house and, you know, well, you know, I forgive you. No, you, you're breaking the law. You're breaking a court order to keep away from that person. You can forgive them in the spirit. Even if you don't talk to them, communicate with them, you forgive them, you release them, and you move on with your life, they move on with their life. Don't allow that event to define who you are. Don't let that define who you are. Let that refine who you are so you become the person that God wants you to be. See, the thing I always say, the devil is not worried about what he can make you do as far as looking at when you've been hurt, looking at when you hold on to unforgiveness. See, the devil wants you to hold on to that so that way you can stop your growth. But see, the devil, like I said, he's not worried about what he can make you do. Because you can do something one time. You can repent. You can apologize. You can be sorry for it. He's not worried about what he can make you do. He's more concerned about what he can make you become. If you become it, it's part of your character. It becomes a character flaw. It becomes your identity. And just like a cancerous cell, a cancerous cell will spread faster than a normal cell. So what the devil want to do, the devil wants to allow the spiritual cancer of unforgiveness to contaminate this vessel, your vessel. So that way you will not become the person that God wants you to be. We hear in the scripture, we hear that the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That not only means pertaining to the physical aspect, ultimately uh, 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 the, the spiritual aspect and also even the physical aspect. But also, how does he come in? How does he steal? Sometimes he may steal us from a peace of mind of the mind of God. And then also what happened while you while you're on path to your purpose and plan in your life, all of a sudden now he's trying to remove you from the fold or trying to make you a detour to make you end up becoming isolated or make you become bitter hatred, a, 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 a person of hate, a person of revenge. And the worst thing that we can do is start plotting and planning. That's a lot of times it's one thing I say like this, it's one thing for us to act in the heat of the moment. Uh, they call it a heat of passion when a person commit a crime. Let's just say if someone walk in and their spouse is in bed with another lover, and then that person end up uh, attacking the husband or the wife that caught their spouse end up uh, attacking that person. That was in the heat of the moment. But you catch that person, you leave, go to the store, go get a gun, go get a butcher knife. Then you go to Dennis, go get something to eat, and then you come back, and then 
that person's still there and you end up hurting them. No, you deliberately did that. <laughs> and God want us to help. God want to help us to not be in the place of revenge. The Bible tells us, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. So for us to be able to trust God in those key areas in our life, for us to be able to yield ourselves over to him, so that way we can be used or we can have the anointing. Like I said, it is impossible. It is impossible for a person that's supposed to be highly anointed but yet still, and the anointing is the spirit of God. To have the spirit of God control their life, yet allowing unforgiveness to control their life. No. You can't have a backseat driver pertaining to your spiritual life. Being controlled by God and being controlled by unforgiveness are two different things. You have to make a choice. And like I said, with that choice, God is able to help you to make not just the right choice, to help you keep the right choice. God want to help you in whatever you have dealt with in your life. Because, listen, he knows it was painful. He knows what you dealt with. He knows what happened. He knows all this stuff. But are you willing to help him so that way you want to allow that to stop your growth? Like I said, to stop your mental, physical, emotional, financial, but most importantly, spiritual growth. We can't allow the devil to win in this. So for those who may have been in a point of their life where they don't know what to do, I would suggest for you to go to God right now. And tell him, you know what, God, I don't know how to forgive, but I'm asking you to help me. Teach me how to forgive. Teach me how to make better decisions in the people that I choose to trust. Asking you to help me, even if it's somebody that's related to me, even if it may be somebody that's at my church. Help me to release that hurt and receive your healing. One of the things we always say, especially in this day and time, the devil will even use church folks, people within your church to hurt you. But he wants you to label it as church hurt, as far as the church hurt you, or as far as the people in the church hurt you. No. It was one individual that may have hurt you. That individual could have been the person that sit beside you. It could have even been your pastor. It could have been a minister. But even in the midst of that, don't allow yourself to be defined by that. You still forgive them. In the midst of you forgiving them, use that as an opportunity to allow God to help you so that way, you won't become like the person who hurt you. I'm gonna say that I have to say this. I know we're conscious of the time, but another situation I dealt with in my life. This was back in uh, 2016. I had a pastor. I made a video about it some years ago, and I had a great opportunity to sue 
a minister, a pastor. He's actually um, an apostle. I could have sued him because he said, actually, I was dating one of his members, and he ended up saying, I guess he said that the Lord told him uh, things and this and that, and he ended up telling the young lady I was seeing at the time to end the relationship. Um, he said that he's uh, he saw some things. Uh, I was full of lust, and I had plans to have sex with her and all that stuff. And then ultimately, at the end, he said, oh, and uh, he he called himself a, a minister, and he ain't even asked my permission in that relationship right now. That really ticked me off. But what I found out was I had to ask God to help me to forgive him. Because what I found out was we all, like I mentioned earlier, who you hate is who you become. And see, with people that are like that, they have some type of hurt some type of game of manipulation or control mechanism that may have happened to them. They may not have ever recognized it, but because them not yielding themselves to God in that area, I didn't say completely yield themselves over and they're not saved. I didn't say that, but there may be some areas in that person's life that they may not have been aware of, or they may have refused to give over to God. And what happened, that person became like the person who may have hurt them, a control mechanism, a manipulative mechanism. And so what happened, that happens even within ministry. And then what happened, now, because I might have been hurt in the past, and now I'm in a position where I can hurt people before they hurt me. You see what I'm saying? So with that apostle, I had to I had to lead that over to God. I chose not to take any legal action, but I said this. In the right time, God gonna reveal the truth. God gonna reveal. And you know what? He did just that. But even right now, if that apostle came right now, I would shake his hand. Now, do I trust him? No, I don't. (laughs) I don't trust him. But just because I don't trust him doesn't mean that I should not stop praying for him. My prayer is for him to get the healing that is needed. My prayer is for him to come into the awareness that hurting people only hurt himself, but also when you hurt God's people, I don't even I don't care if I'm a preacher right now. If someone that's a newcomer that just got saved, if I hurt them, I'm hurting one of God's children. I have to be aware of that. God does not want his children to be hurting each other. And get this, it's not my responsibility to feel superior or inferior over anybody. God love all his children the same. There is no protocol or anything like that when it comes down to having access to God. Listen here. Through Jesus Christ, I'm going to say that. 
through Jesus Christ, having access to Jesus Christ. I'll say that. I'll say that with that. For us to have access to Jesus Christ, nobody, nobody is between you and access to Jesus. And I'm going to say it like this. You don't have to have somebody to stand in a gap for you or, you know, I got to ask my pastor permission or, or he's next to Jesus. No, he ain't. You know who next to Jesus? All of us. The Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. We are joint heirs of Jesus Christ. Get that. We are joint heirs of Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost is living within us. Now, we are heirs of God the Father, but joint heirs of Jesus Christ. So don't allow anything or anybody to make you feel inferior. And like I said, even in ministry, you got to be careful. We got to stay under the blood of Jesus Christ because we can't afford to have a contaminated ministry. God wants us to be able to be free and allow that yoke to be destroyed. And so with that being said, I hope and pray that if those who, people who may be listening, who may be who may be watching or listening, in case you are experiencing some type of hurt, give it to God. The Bible tells us to cast all of our cares upon him because he cares for us. He loves you. But also realize, even as painful of what you've dealt with, even as painful as it may be, God, when you were hurt, God the Father was hurt too. And don't allow anything or anybody to stop you from going to God. And do not try to fix it or handle it yourself. It's not your responsibility. Listen, Jesus paid it all. And Jesus paid it all for us to have access to God the Father. In other words, go to God the Father. No longer have an out-of-pocket expense. God is saying, listen. Keep it in the network. Go to him. The father saying come to him because the son paid it all. He paid it for you. He paid it for your heart. He paid it for the hurt that you experienced. And my prayer is even on a personal note, for those who, just like me, those who may be, may be grieving because of the loss of a loved one, uh, through a violent act. My prayer, we praying that God help you to release the hurt, the anger. And like I said, that does not mean that you deal with that person who did that evil act. That does not mean that, well, you know, uh, I, I, I got I to gotta pay their bond to get them out because uh, I forgive them. No, 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 no. You forgive so that way you can begin to be healed for you to be able to not allow that person act actions to control you, that person's face image to control you. You allow God to come in. You allow God to come in and address the hurt. Allow God to come in and address the issues, the issues 
in case you may not have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Romans 10 and 9 tells us that thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ as thy Savior and believe the heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Just in case you may be watching, you, there may be other issues that you may have been dealing with. Give it to God. There's nothing too hard for God. And don't you know God is waiting on you, and he's waiting for you to give it to him. So no matter what situation that you're dealing with, we're going to give it to God once and for all. Dear Heavenly Father, we're coming to you right now, God. Thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We're coming to you right now, God. We acknowledge your presence on tonight. God, we're coming to you right now, God. First of all, God, to forgive us, God. If there's anything that's in us that's unlike you, God, we ask you for your forgiveness, and we receive your forgiveness, and we thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you, Lord, for being a merciful God. God, we thank you, Lord, for being a God of many chances. God, we thank you, Lord, for not giving up on us, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for helping us, God, to cast all of our burdens, our cares, our weights onto you, God, because you care for us, God, affectionately, God. God, we ask you to help us, God. There are those who may be watching, who may be listening, God, who are holding on to unforgiveness, God. Help us to release the hurt, release the anger, release the rage, release the release the revenge, release it and give everything over to you, God. Help us, God. Examine our hearts, examine our minds, examine our motives right now, God, and help us, God, to yield ourselves completely over to you, God. Help us, God, to yield ourselves and surrender ourselves to you right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we speak against every plot right now, God. God, we speak, God, that you give us, God. Give us your word. Give us your comfort, even in the midst of the hurt that we're experiencing right now, God. In the name of Jesus. And God, we may be speaking right now, God. Those, God, who may not have known how to properly forgive others, God. God, we speak, God, that you mentor us, God. Help us, God, in every area of our life, God, for us to be able to be accountable and also even to band together of those who may be hurt as well, God, for us to be able to seek you, God, and go to you, God, in the name of Jesus. And say about everything you stand for, we bind every problem, we bind every confusion right now. In the name of Jesus, and we surrender our will and our ways to you right now, God. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done, God. Our hearts say hallelujah to your name and hallelujah to your word right now. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for everything you've done, everything you're going to do right now. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. I want to thank each and everyone who tuned in to the program. If you have any questions, uh, comments, or anything you want to suggest, feel free to contact me on Facebook. My name is Brother Prater, B-R-O-T-H-E-R, Prater, P as in Paul, R-A, T as in Tom, E-R. On Facebook, you will see my daily devotions. You will see my videos. Also, you can go to my YouTube channel under Brother Prater. They see my videos. Also, you can go to my website at www.brotherprater.org or brotherprater.com. You will see my daily devotions and upcoming events. Also, my calendar with my personal appearances. 
Also, you can go to the store section of my website where you can purchase my book called A Few Good Men, A Path to Godly Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to inform men the needs and responsibilities that they have towards their children, towards their spouse, even towards their children's mother, even if they're not with them. Also, to give single women the qualities of a potential future husband and or present of uh, excuse me or even uh, present of future children. I messed that one up. But give women the identity that is needed for them to recognize the qualities of a potential future husband and or father to present or future children. I want to thank each and everyone who are tuning in to the podcast, and thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart podcast. God bless you, and good night.